You were listening to episode 117 of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name's John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast. We like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and we're fourth and gore in this week's Inflation Deflation Challenge. Man, that one made a lot of sense. It's uh, a little better than we touched back on 2008, like last week. Oh, whatever, dude. I put effort into these. These all make sense. If you go back and listen to these, these are all great. Ryan's effort, by the way, is after we play the game, sits there with his iPad and goes, what can I say? That, Sometimes about... I do it before or during the game. That's true. That is true. Sometimes he does do it before. I, I kind of have to think about like what the thought process is as you're sitting there. Like, thinking of these things. Like, do you just have your whiskey on the side, and you're just kind of nursing it, and you have a pencil to your, like, lip, and you're just kind of thinking <laughs> of, like, what you're going to write here? I I, I don't have, like, a, a sit-down, like, process, like, something that always happens, but I go through... I try to think of... Uh, you watch Bob's Burgers? Yeah, I, I try to I try to go kind of the direction that he, Bob would go with his burger names. Oh, with I these. I try to be clever, but without being, you know, too on the nose. Gotcha, gotcha. So, a true artist in his form. That's what it is. Well, uh, this week, Forf and Gore, uh, I think we talked, yeah, we mentioned it last week, so we played some Mutant League football on the PS4. This is uh, really the remake, in a sense, uh, from the original, and it's actually the original creator that uh, that made this one through a Kickstarter, I think you said. Yeah, so, we were going to talk about that during, you know, the inflation-deflation section, John. Yeah. Why not, why not just get it all out there up front? You want to tell them what the price is, too? Yeah, we'll tell them what the price is. So the price on this game uh, is none of your beeswax till we get to that part. All right, so we'll, as always, let's start with our recent pickups. Uh, this week, I actually did not pick up... No, I did. I did. I picked up Mutant League Football. Yeah. It finally came in. It came in on Monday, so that technically is beyond our weekly pickups from last week. Yep. So I did get um, this game, and that was it. That was all I picked up, dude. I uh, picked up some Magic cards... Which, because I'm trying to get back into magic once things, you know, are done with the pandemic, hopefully, at some You've point. You've got in the, the magic. Now you just need the gathering. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. <laughs> Your dad jokes are on fire. <laughs> Ching. Ching. Uh, yeah, so actually, I spotted a fake. So I actually purchased, uh, it's called a Rishadon Port. It's a card I used to have when I was younger. It's skyrocketed in value for a number of years, like $150 a card. And then it plummeted down like... 13 or 14 or something like that and so i was like well i'm gonna go ahead and pick up my place at a four and um it finally god it took like 10 12 days to get here via like first class postage which was kind of weird to begin with and when it finally got here i i had an original that i had for a while and then i pulled up the other one i'm like there's something off like this definitely feels too new for a card that was made in like 1995 like, in that time frame, like, there's no way this is right. Like, this condition, this is easily, like, a $30, $40 card. Recently opened? No, no, actually, no, it'd be $30, $40. Like, even that condition, it could be graded in the condition it was in. And it was considered light play. I was like, there's no way. So I put the two together. I'm like, something just seems off. And I looked at the artwork on one card, and it was, like, really, like, just bright and vibrant. And then the other one just kind of had, like, a light, dull kind of color to it. And they have a light test of magic where if you put a, a flashlight in the dark behind the card, it'll actually, like, if it's two pieces of paper kind of glued together, it doesn't show the full front image on the back. It just has, like, a darker version. You can kind of get the idea, but it's not the same. 
like that artwork just doesn't shine through. And so I did a light test and it failed. It um, had like a seam where pieces of paper were glued. It had that artwork issue. I was so disappointed, man. Like I waited like a good 12 days, had my binder ready with my four slots. It was going to be popped in there and everything. And I got some fakes. So since you can still play with them. Uh, no, not on a legal basis. Like, if somebody found... I mean, they're really good fakes. I mean, these are really good fakes. Well, no, but I mean, like, what's it matter if you actually own the card or not? Like, it's it, playing a digital version versus a physical version of the game. Like, if you own a digital version of something, is it less real than owning the physical version? So let's just say, hypothetically, I was in a tournament setting and I was playing with three three fake cards of that name. And they're really good fakes, actually. Very good counterfeits. And, um, say I was in a tournament setting and somebody's like, hey, can I see that that port that you have there, that card. And I hand it to him. If they notice it's a fake, I'm disqualified right off the bat. Why? Because you didn't have the $120. Like, yeah. don't you play in sleeves anyways? Yeah. So you, it's not like you have, you don't have an advantage. No, you don't. Except for the fact that somebody spent the money to get the card. Dude, there's cards worth 550, $600 that are consistently played. Yeah, I know. But like, that's, that's a, that's a poor barrier to entry. Yeah, it's not a good barrier. <laughs> like, like it, it makes it not a game of skill. It makes it a game of wallet. Well, yeah, it does make it a game of wallet. But I mean, think about it this way: if you went to a bank and you tried to pay somebody with a fake twenty dollar bill, you've got the FBI on your ass, right? Yeah, not but you're not you're not making money off of it. Yeah, people are making money. I bought three. Yeah, fake but you're cards. not like you're not like it's different than like going it. You're not going into a store and being like, "Here's a fake twenty dollar. Let me get that loaf of bread." You're going into a place. You're playing a game using, like, a picture. Like, whether or not that picture's authentic, like, you don't get any advantage. Like, you can't tell, like, where it is in your deck based off of it being fake. Like, it doesn't give you any inherent play so, advantage. here's some situations Because you, you could use... just own those cards if you were a little bit wealthier. So, yeah, and here's where, theoretically... And these cards are only, like, 20 bucks now at most. But here's where, theoretically, you can use those fakes, right? If you actually already owned the cards and they were in like, like near mint condition, you just didn't want to use them. You could print proxies and then say like, "Hey, here's my cards. I own them. They're in my binder, but I want to use these for gameplay because if they get bent or damaged or anything in gameplay, I want to use these proxies to make sure that." So I don't that undermines the whole argument, anyways, because no, like the because actual having the actual card in the game doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter in that extent, but it does matter from the financial component, which if. I like I own several cards that are a few hundred dollars. If I decided I wanted to play with fake cards and I didn't own them, and say because in this case it was like I said a really good counterfeit. Like it took me a moment to actually like take a look and be like, yeah, this is fake. If I didn't know any wiser, I would have spent like however much money on those cards, and they were fake. I, that's the same way as like a transaction of a fake twenty dollar bill. I could have taken those fakes. And hawked it off on somebody else for twenty bucks or for a better card. That's that's it, a different exchange. It, it is, but the fact that it exists is a problem. So counterfeits should should not have a place in the market. It's like buying a counterfeit PS2 games that have been made in like a hot shop somewhere, you know. And that happens. Like there's secondary prints of a lot of games. Like my copy of uh, Nocturne is actually one of those secondary market prints. Like, it's made in, like, the right facility, but it's not an original. So, in my mind, like, I'm always going to look at that and say, that's not an original game. And I definitely want to get, like, an original copy. Yeah, but you could play that and get the same experience, yeah. and it doesn't diminish it. You can, but the financial component, the collectible aspect of it, is diminished completely. 
like cases I have for games that I've made yeah, that are so not like, real. Yeah, so like if you were trying to trade somebody those counterfeit magic cards, that would be wrong. But yeah. playing them in a tournament shouldn't be wrong. I know that this is probably already common knowledge out there, and I'm stupid for arguing against it. But I don't like the principle of this. It's gatekeeping. And down with gatekeeping. So, like... Go it, free to play. Play some Apex Legends, people. In, and I'll tell you, like, in casual matches, I'd have no problem somebody playing proxies. We used to do it all the time in college. We'd write on, like, a piece of paper and, like, hey, here's a card, here's what it does. And you're like, all right, cool. Like, I'll look up a picture, see what it does. Because you don't have hundreds yeah, of dollars. Exactly. You don't have hundreds of dollars. In casual play. In tournament play, totally different situation, man. The buy-in, I mean... If you wanted to get into, like, standard magic, you'd have to buy the new cards. Like, you would have to actually invest in those cards. You can't get away with just proxies. Like, if everybody to play is buying several if hundred dollar boxes. little poor orphan with fingerless gloves and soot on his nose showed up, they'd kick him out? No, they would give him soup, allow him to watch, <laughs> and potentially give him a deck that they have in the store ready to play. Mm. Our store used to do that. We'd have several decks like readily available for younger kids that couldn't afford. With it. all the shitty cheap cards. No, no, it was it was com- competitive cards. We would uh, allow like kids to come in and they could, you know, pay their five bucks entry or whatever it was, and we'd give them a deck that was worth hundreds of dollars, and they would literally play. Mm. There would be somebody over their shoulder You're the so whole kind, time, but yeah. Okay, enough about magic. That was the pickup. It was uh, Mutant League football and my magic cards. Ryan, did you pick anything up? Uh, no. <laughs> no i didn't that <laughs> reaction but dude. i'm excited for next week i think hopefully i don't know what the date is but uh ps plus next month control oh nice. is gonna be on there yeah well, i'm super pumped to play that did you get man eater i think that was on this month right uh, i think it's only on ps5 oh really yeah because this month was i already went back and looked what this month was and i already got it and i already forgot what it was again it wasn't that good. I think thing. it was like Greedfall and something else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought Maneater was on there. I could have sworn it said Maneater and I think Greedfall. Maneater was on PS5. Oh. Because they're doing like releases on PS5 now, and yeah, it's yeah. like there's only so much to pick from. Well, and they did that on um, PS4, too, and PS3 <clears throat> when PlayStation Plus was around. Like, they switched it up, of course. Well, I mean, like, it just PS5 just came out, so there's yeah. not a lot of PS5 games to launch. Yeah. Um, But anyways, yeah, so that... But anyways, more importantly, currently playing, still playing Apex Legends. Good God, man. Digging it. Got a better KDR. Got more wins than John. Kicking John's ass. I think Ryan just has like the stroke of luck in gaming where he's able to Dude, get Dude, like, I get carried players. so hard. I don't. That's the problem. I like, get carried so hard. These people's shoulders must hurt like, when they play with me. I jump in the matches and I'm like getting paired up with like 10-year-olds and... People that are, like, level 20, level 30, and, like, I'm not a bad... Like, I'm not a pro, by all means, but, like, I've got some scrubs on my team, dude. Like, I'm carrying teams right now, and it sucks. Dude, I'm in my 60s. I've got a dude on my right that's, like, level 500, a dude on my left that's, like, level 300. At that end card, they've got, like, three kills, 2k damage. I've got zero kills, 900 damage. The other guy's got, like, five kills and 3k damage, and it's, like carry me baby and here's the opposite so for me i'm running in all the time at like three kills 400 damage two kills 600 damage like i stuff do have like better that. kdr than you do you though. do but that's because you've also played less games and i've played more games and died more so i mean a lot of my games to be honest when i drop down with like another you know two lower level players amounts to pretty much drop down 
They'll find whatever guns. They'll run and get it. I'm struggling to find a gun. They go down. I still have no gun, and several teams. Dude, have dropped this is around. what you do. This is what I've started doing. Just run past the first set of stuff and let them grab it, because it's always going to be something dumb, anyways. Like I always chase down a shield first, because like if you get a gun and have no shield, you're pretty much going to die, anyways. Yeah, but if you have a shield and no gun, you're going to die too. Yeah, but you could probably make it to a gun better. It, potentially i been staring at the ground picking up scopes and extra ammo I, dude yesterday alone we had four matches before we got into that octane that i was talking to you mm-hmm. about we had four matches where we were dropped directly into like a major firefight oh, yeah. and there were no guns and i actually both of my players went down with me so it's like what am i supposed to do when like i jump into a match and like within seconds my teammates are down and then, like, I'm struggling to find a gun because everything's been taken. They've taken it. They've gone down. I'm having to run because I don't have any weapons. Yeah. It's just, like, a struggle to be able to play it. Now, when I've had, like, good people on my team... Dude, I was playing with a guy that was level 500 yesterday, and I carried his ass. Yeah. Like, it's it's so weird, like, some of the situations in that game. So, I think more or less what it amounts to is either luck of a draw, finding somebody that actually can play, and you can play with, and strategically go around... Not having an octane go across the entire damn level mm-hmm. to where when they die, you're now unmanned, you know, or undermanned three to two. And then on top of that, you know, it's just being able to play with people consistently, the same people. So when I play with Justin and we got this girl out of South Carolina that we've been teaming up with a lot recently, dude, we've been consistently like as a team getting like 10 kills, finishing in the top three every time we play. But Dude, if, there's so many top two finishes that I have. Like, I probably have way more number two finishes than wins. Yeah, I've got a lot of number two finishes as well. Well, I mean, of course, you double because if you win, you get a top two finish. If you lose, you still top two, even top three. So we've had a, a lot of success with, like, consistently playing with, like, same squad. players yeah. like same squads but when it comes into like randos it's just been like terrible luck dude like justin and i can only do so much in a match before we're just screwed yeah. and uh yeah playing of octanes just sucks dude i'm so pumped for season eight so everybody season eight starts like next week at, like i think it's like february 2nd at like 11 a.m there's a thing on your playstation where you can have it like automatically turn on your playstation and sign in Oh, nice. Like, to the game at the time, I'm going to do that. It's going to be fun. We'll see what happens. I'm pretty excited about it. But, like, so, for anybody out there that, you know, is casual Apex or hasn't played Apex, there's, like, a new character coming out. He's got some bombs. I think he can, like, shoot grenades really far. He looks really dope. He sounds Australian. Uh, There's, like, a a lever-action rifle coming, which looks super dope. There's, um... Some new hop-ups coming. There's some new hop-up for the Sentinel. And they're bringing the... What was the... Anvil receiver for the R301 and the Flatline. I also heard they're doing gold ammo, if I... Gold ammo. uh, So, like, unlimited clips or something? No, so it auto-reloads for you while it's in, like, reserve. So if you switch it into reserve and pull out your other gun for a few seconds... It'll automatically reload that one. So you can kind of just, like not have to reload keep shooting switch back and then keep shooting and like that'll I, be crazy on like a havoc now. or something or uh yeah. disrupt or uh i wonder what they'll put it with i wonder if it'll be for all guns who knows we'll find out we'll see um well okay so that's you're currently playing of course and the hype tied to uh apex i'm currently playing apex as well but i also dug a little more into jade cocoon this week mm. so i progressed a little further in that game uh 
it's been a while since I like sat back and played. Yeah, I love that song. Uh, it's been a while since I actually like played several consistent hours in a row on that one. But it was good. I uh, I was getting through Spider Forest, uh, which is where I was before. Uh, I had to grab a guide because it had been so long. So I went ahead and followed a guide for the specific areas to make sure I'd hit everything I needed to hit. And now I just opened up the next part of the Spider Forest to be able to progress on and um, and move forward with, um, I think it's the Calabas Powder is what I need to find, or Calabas Plant in the game to wake everybody up from you know, whatever situation they're in. So that's where we're at. So hopefully, uh, I'm hoping to beat it this week, to be honest. Like I've got, I've had a lot going on cause I'm looking for the house and everything. So at this point it's like, I want to play apex and then I got to prep D and D sessions and then I'm still looking for houses and going out. And then of course I want to play Jade cocoon. Like, dude, my balance is all over the flipping place. It's insane. I, so we'll see. I gotta start playing Persona. I just realized like it's already the end of January. Like I've already wasted one twelfth of yeah. this year. I only have eleven twelfths to get through both of these games. Oh my god! I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got new games resolution coming for me again. Oh my god! Yeah, right. It's gonna catch up, dude. Because then you've also got your other game you decided and Blues Clues. We will have you play Blues Clues at some point in time. I keep hoping you're gonna forget about no, that. No, dude. I'm gonna remember Blues Clues for the rest of my life until you play it. It is. Did you write it down in your handy dandy notebook? I wrote it down in my handy-dandy mental notebook. Yeah. But it's there on the shelf. It is ready for you to play. In fact, not next week, because I know you're out next week, uh, out of town, or doing your thing, but maybe the following week. Maybe I can watch you play Blue's Clues and get tortured by that video game. We'll see. I think it'll be fun. All right. Well, this week, uh, we've got a few articles we'll be talking about uh, before Ryan jumps in on some trivia. So, uh, still looking for a new game console? Here's why. So, that's an article we got covered. Uh, Epic beats Nintendo as the world's most popular video game company. That one's bizarre. It, it really is. That's a cool one, though. And I don't know why the font changed here, but Amazon can make just about anything except a good video game. That's very true. Yeah. that's Yeah. Pretty much is true. So, trivia. I've trivia. got good All trivia right. this week. I... Thought of a question that you might know the answer to. Like, this is a fair question. Like, it's out there in the public conscious. It's from a popular title. And it's not off a stupid listicle. So. Is listicle a word? Sure. I've heard it. I've heard it done said. <laughs> By the way, man, you might want to move your mic back a little bit. Oh, yep. sorry. No, you're good. Um, So... In 1990, Nintendo Power held a contest in which a winner would have their name put in a future Nintendo game. This game went on to become A Link to the Past, and it has a secret room in it. What is the name of that person? And when like people call it the blank room after this this dude's name, who's that guy? Well, damn, <laughs> I don't know that. Uh, God, the only thing that keeps coming to mind is the wizard. Link to the Past. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it would help if I played a lot of Link to the Past. Uh, I don't know, man. The, um, the... If you don't know it, you're not going to guess it. Is it, like, really hard? It's just a dude's name. It's just a dude's name. The, bo a, the Bob Room. Uh, it's first and last, now. Oh, it's it's the Chris Houlihan Room. 
The Chris Houlihan room? Yeah, so Chris Houlihan, he's got one of those stones that just says, my name is Chris Houlihan, this is my top secret room, keep it between us, okay? And it's got 45 blue rupees in it. It's just this random room that, um, I think it just like randomly appears. Uh, it's a fail-safe room that the game sends Link to when it cannot determine which room he should be sent to. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Obviously, I didn't know yeah, that. There's a few different trivia. ways to get there in the game. But yeah, it's just it's this fun secret. I remember well, seeing it before. What are the few different ways to get there? Uh, so let's see. Um, one of the most well-known methods involves a series of dashes using Pegasus boosts, starting from Sanctuary all the way to Sewer Passageway's entrance. If you execute it correctly, Link will fall in the underground room. If Link exits the room, he will find himself outside his house. Hmm. So it's like, if the game can't keep track of where you're supposed to be, yeah, it like bugs out and it sends you to this room as like a failsafe, and then once you leave there, you're just back outside Link's house. But huh. it's the Chris Hulhan room. Oh, okay. Good to know. I so did not know that. Just a little room, bunch oh. of rupees, little message. It's a cute thing. It's a fun thing like Nintendo used to do. Huh. Remember when they did fun things? Yeah. I wonder if I'll have I a missed John- Nintendo Power. I wonder if they'll do a John room. Yeah, dude. I wish there was a Nintendo Power magazine. Like a digital version? Oh, I would. Dude, I've been looking for a good video game magazine for years, and I just can't find one. So, uh, if you know of a video game magazine that I should be reading and could potentially get like physical copies of versus digital, it'd be awesome. Uh, but let us know on our social game media Informer? platform. Uh, no, I don't like Game Informer. It's everything. I want specific, like Nintendo or PlayStation, something along mm. those lines. Uh, but yeah, let us know on social media if you uh, your favorite video game magazine. Uh, on Facebook at the Game Deflators, Instagram at the Game Deflators, and Twitter at Game Deflators. And of course, if you're listening to our podcast on your podcast application of choice, continue listening to our podcast on your podcast application of choice, or find us on Spotify, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Overcast, Castbox, wherever podcasts are found, you'll find us there. And of course, a six star review, but leave five if you can't do six. Please, please, and thank you. All right, articles. Uh, still, still looking for a game console. Here's why. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was uh, Kellen Browning at New York Times, which Ryan had some difficulty opening the New York Times article. So I showed. Well, him a it's always trick. like you want a subscription, and I'm like, no, New York Times. I already read my two articles this week. I'll just read the first paragraph of this one. <laughs> Thank you very much. Wait, you read other New York Times articles, hence why you can do it. Yeah, it gives you like a couple freebies a week or a month, or I don't know how it works. Sometimes I can read them. Sometimes I can't. I don't. I don't care enough to keep trying past that point to read. Incognito Reading is a mode. casual thing for me. If if they put too many barriers between it and me, might as well not be worth knowing. I read so many news articles on a day-to-day basis, it's insane. So for me, it's just incognito mode all day. What are you, a newsie? Yeah, I guess. I read a lot of political stuff, financial stuff, video game stuff, sports stuff. It's Look just... at John being informed and yeah. whatnot. Dude, I read a lot, actually. More... I play Apex Legends. Yeah, that's exactly what you do. <laughs> so anyways, uh, yeah, I am looking for a Series S still, but, you know, everybody's going to be looking for a while. Uh, I know speculation that I had heard before about maybe it being until April might be a little bit generous. Like, it might not really be till summer until you can go out and randomly find one, you know, on an off-chance pick-off. But, you know, it's going to be a while. I I feel this article talked a lot about uh, this radio show host who was looking for one for his little boy for Christmas. You know, the Christmas present that you got to get. We talked about this a lot already last year. This is the mindset that everybody has. 
you know, that that's, you kid can only have the one thing and, and man, it, those scalpers are so bad and man, there's not enough of these going around. But like people, man, you can wait. Yeah. Seriously, you can wait. And especially right now, like there was a few like, okay, like launch games, but there's really not like a lot on it. That it's just dying for you to get. Like, you can wait. Wait out those scalpers. Don't let them take your money. Don't be super antsy. There's still plenty of good stuff out there. I was just hearing about this new game, Skull, today that sounds pretty cool. A new, like, roguelike. Get that. That's cheap. Save your money right now. There's so many games on prior consoles between the Switch. I mean, you can't even find a Switch right now, but... You know, PS4 and Xbox One and Switch. Like, there's so many indie games and just games in general. That I challenge are any of you to play Persona 4 before the Xbox is available. The Xbox will be available long before you can finish Persona 4. I don't know, man. Depends on how dedicated you are. <laughs> you could probably bash it on a week if you put nope. 10 hours a day. Nope, impossible. Persona 4? It how? takes over a year to beat Persona 4. Like, are you talking 100% or just go through the main story? It, it takes over a year no matter what. For you, maybe. No, for anybody. Really? Yeah. I'm, gonna I'm a look common this. casualty. I'm going to look this up. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so I actually talked to somebody the other day who we went to dinner with a friend, and they brought a friend of a friend um, with them to dinner, and uh, she was like, yeah, I uh, I wanted to get the Xbox Series S. I couldn't find it. It had been so long. I just got super impatient, so I just went ahead and met a scalper to buy it. And I'm like, why? I'm like... I just kind of looked at her. I'm like, you really wanted it that badly? She's like, yeah, you know, I saw it online and I could have bought it for like, it was 50 bucks with shipping and everything and something else. And the scalper had it for like maybe $100 extra. She's like, I just wanted it then. That seems really cheap. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't remember exactly. I think it was just like, she bought it for like, what's the series S like 300. Is that right? I think it's like 230 or something. I don't remember the exact price, but basically she paid like $100 over retail for it, which okay. technically from scalper prices is not like terrible. But at the same time, like you fed a scalper. You basically just told somebody, yeah, it's You rewarded okay. the behavior. Yeah, exactly. It's okay for me to go out and go buy games or game systems in mass quantities and then sell it for a profit, you know, while nobody else can get their hands on it. So I, I get it. Like I get like... Oh, it is 300 I don't know why I keep saying 230 Yeah, so she paid like 400 them basically. So it would have been like... No, she paid like... 450 because it was like 350 online and then she would have to pay $50 shipping which would have made it 400 or she could have just bought it for 450 outright and not had to wait so it just kind of scaled up of like well I could spend 50 bucks but then I gotta wait or I could spend an extra 50 bucks and have it now which I think is just stupid like can't you just pay somebody to expedite it and $50 shipping seems kind of high anyways for a product so regardless, it just kind of goes into that mindset, right? Like, I have to have it now. I, I can't wait for it. Like, dude, like, I want a, a new car, for example. I don't... This n- says that the Best Buy near us has them. Oh. Don't tell us where we're at. It says in stock. <laughs> well, then go get one today. I, I don't think I could do that. Why? I don't know. I'll stop by. Oh, well, because I gotta go. We gotta hurry. Okay, we'll hurry. <laughs> but you go get that Xbox if you can go get it. That'd be pretty badass, actually, if you were in I don't on think, it. I don't think I can do that. <laughs> Anyways. Can't. Okay. Well, regardless, uh, yeah, I, I get you. But yeah, so that was that mindset. And of course, somebody's being fed into the idea of like, I have to have it now. And like I was saying, like, if I want a new car, I don't necessarily need a new, like, I'm not in a need moment, right? It would be more of the want component. And there's that patience, right? Like, I can wait another year or two to go get a new car. So you can wait another six months to get an Xbox. Like, it's it's not a definite need, 
unless it's critical to what you do for work as maybe a streamer, sure, maybe you have to have the most recent thing. Like, we would like to have those two Or consoles. a handsome podcast host. Exactly. So, uh, thank you, Ryan. Uh, so, yeah, at the end of the day, I think it really depends on what your needs are. But a console, yeah, you don't need to feed the scalpers. And so, yeah, this article does say, basically, like you said, summer of 2021 is likely when we'll see it available on shelves on a consistent basis. And uh, a lot of that is kind of tied to, of course, the pandemic still occurring, a shortage of consoles. Well, of course, there being scalpers galore everywhere. And uh, also the companies really just looking at the end of the day to create that fake demand. In a sense, they probably got loads of these consoles sitting and are just peppering it out into the market yeah. to create that false demand and that want, which is a Nintendo strategy. I was surprised at how young these uh, like scalper bought company people where they were like 18 and 21 like out of the uk or something and they're getting like 40 bucks a month from thousands of people to sell them the stuff that they need to become yeah the internet's least favorite people yeah it's actually pretty insane and there's also a group on here they noted uh you could put a it's some sort of like plug-in on your google chrome from some students in a university uh that allows you to stay up to date with products when they're hitting the market or mm -hmm. when they are supposed to be hitting the market. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, all right. The next piece here we got is Epic Games beats Nintendo as the world's most popular gaming company. This is Jason Coem at PC Mag. This one, you guys should definitely look up like this weird graph. I already or posted weird it on our map. Facebook. It's on our Facebook. Okay, yeah. so look it up on Facebook. But it shows like all the countries that I guess this is the most Googled is it's I don't understand the the metrics that they used in this. What so, I got from it was Google search results based on different items that are tied to those companies. So, for example, if you look at Japan, Pokemon was the most searched uh, item on there. So they link that to Nintendo. Yeah, but so it says like um, Gaming Giant was found to be top brand, or talking about Epic uh, was found to be top brand in 141 countries with 4,716,375 global searches in total. Like, there's no way that there's 4 million searches around the globe for Epic when there's 350 million players on Fortnite. Like, how are there almost like 100 times that many people playing the game and only 1% of them is even Googling the okay, company? So like, that doesn't make sense by these metrics. I don't get it. it. Think about the demographics, though. So if you look at the demographics and say a third of those players are children, right, and they're playing on a mobile application, they're likely not going on Google and searching Fortnite or Epic Games or any other titles. They're just literally logging into the phone to play the game. That's all they're doing. So it, like... I might look up Apex like once a week on Google. You know, I'm one of the many players. And yeah, that contributes to that number, obviously, for EA or Respawn. But at the end of the day, a lot of those Fortnite players, if it's active 350 million, they're likely not just Googling Fortnite. Yeah, but you think like more than 1% of them would Google it once. Well, and Google's not, but Google's not the only method of search online. So, I mean, you do have a number of other things like, you know, I'm going to say Bing, even though Bing is kind of irrelevant. And why is Atari in the top five? That Atari, I didn't know. Atari came out with that, like, VCS. That might be part of it. Is the VCS their hotel thing they were talking yeah, about? Yeah, but, like, Atari, it, like, Sony and Microsoft old aren't people, even mentioned on this. Old people finally discovering the internet. 
But like, how are Sony and Microsoft not even mentioned on this with like the Series X? And like, how many people are Googling PS5 and Series X to just try to find out what store they can run to? Don't make our article irrelevant or irrelevant, <laughs> irrelevant, Ryan. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Uh, I just don't. I don't get the metrics, and I don't like that Atari's on here. You don't like that? It's, you just don't like Atari? No, <laughs> no. They're they're so seventies or eighties, like. Yeah, I get you. Like, you're trying to tell me that people are Googling Rare more than they're Googling Sony and Microsoft? Hey, the word Rare to this. is pretty common. Rare video games. Come on now. So there's Rare, Epic. Is there a Legendary no, video games? Is there? I don't know. Is there a Common Video Games company? You know what? Don't take our ideas, people. <laughs> we might open up Common Video Games. <laughs> <laughs> we'll partner with Rare. We'll partner for Rare. And we'll get purchased by Epic. Yes, to make legendary <laughs> video games. Yes. And then they'll say, well, why don't you know anything? And we'll just say, we learned from, uh, what is it, Jeff Frazzini over at Amazon, oh. which is our next article. Uh, but yeah, so check out that chart. I know Ryan's kind of in disbelief over the fact that, you know, Epic Games is number one and Nintendo's not. But there's only so many times people want to Google Mario, Zelda, and Pokemon, Ryan. Only so many times. So and maybe there's other considerations. Maybe maybe, it's, maybe the fact that we do a podcast and I Google this stuff all the time. Yeah, in your just, mindset, you're like like yeah. I'm assuming that like I don't know everybody that has video games must just look up and read articles about them and be super well okay, informed. Here's a question for you: You play PlayStation, right? Jace. Okay, and Respawn and Apex is not a PlayStation-owned property, so it wouldn't go into that per se. How many times in the last week did you Google anything tied to the PlayStation? Like, can you think off the top of your head any moment this week where you Google the PlayStation article? The only one I I, have... I Googled PlayStation at least once or twice because I know that I was talking about the Nintendo PlayStation to somebody. Okay. So, so that, that counts for both. That's a, yeah, that's a PlayStation and a Nintendo. Yeah, but since it was <laughs> Nintendo first, it's uh, probably Nintendo search. But that that's an instance, right? Like, the only time this week I did it was I looked up Jade Cocoon. And yeah, there's PlayStation on there, but well, is I guess we don't Lincoln? know what the time link on those metrics were. Like, I'm assuming like it's over the course of a year. I probably Google PlayStation quite often. Yeah, yeah, probably, but a lot of people aren't. Okay, well, into our next article here that we had is uh, Amazon can make just about anything except a good video game. This is uh, a super deep Jason Schreier article. Yeah, this is also actually... Priya Anand. I guess. What company are they with? Is Bloomberg, Bloomberg. Right? Yeah. So this was actually... Well, we found it on Yahoo Finance, and it was linked from Bloomberg. But this was actually a, a really in-depth article. And Lots of insight. Dude, I learned a lot <laughs> in reading this one. So definitely urge you to check out this article. We'll have it linked uh, within the actual podcast on thegamedeflators.com. Uh, within the podcast, you'll find it on there. And it might link on like Spotify and other ones in the description, but I'm not sure. For sure, though, you'll find it on our website. Uh, so definitely check it out. But this like goes super in depth on really like Amazon's venture into gaming from like start to current and what things are looking like. The and, key players. Yeah, like who they've hired, um, you know, the games that they've tried to put Interaction out. Interaction with Twitch. Oh my God, it's insane. So, I mean, it's really long. Like when we say it's really long, like we sat here in silence just reading through it and it took us a while to get through this thing. Where, where do you want to start? Uh, I guess let's start with, you know, 
when you look at Amazon and some of what they've released so far, you had Crucible, which I think is already gone. I think yep. they got rid of it, or they're going to re-release it. No, Crucible was shut down last October. Yeah, they have the Luna games, which is kind of successful. We'll dig into that in a bit. But I think a lot of it, they say, stems from... Uh, I think it's Jeff, right? Jeff Frazzini, yeah. his name, or just we'll say Frazzini. Uh, so basically, this guy was like Jeff Bezos. Uh, Jeff Bezos. So maybe Frazzini's not Mike Frazzini. Mike Frazzini. Yeah. So it's the first words in the article. Well, dude, I don't have it open <laughs> right in front of me. So Mike Frazzini, uh, he's like the CEO essentially of like working within Amazon, and he's been like Jeff Bezos' right hand man in like launching various products over the years. And he pretty much was a the reason they bought Twitch. They were like, look, he, he said, look, we need to buy this. We need to get into the video game market. It's a very lucrative opportunity. Obviously, it paid off because they're making probably a ton of money off Twitch. And they've tried to take that and expand into video games. And we've talked about Amazon in the past getting into games. Uh, obviously, it's a Twitch acquisition along with various games that they've tried to put out and their game studios and all that. So there's lots of prior podcast episodes where we've talked about this. But in particular, the interesting thing that I found while reading this article is they had like Amazon employees who were working within that department who were, you know, of course anonymous, but it was the one interesting thing was like Mike would pretty much like in meetings, he would see games that are in development. And the one thing that stood out to me is like, oh, that looks cool. When is this being released? And the developers were Why like, is it that color? Yeah. The developers were like in absolute shock that this guy had no concept or has no concept on what is required for a video game. And everything he's never made a it. game. He's probably never like played a game like on yeah. a casual basis. So we're talking like if if he was producing Halo or on that team, the new Halo, and he saw it as everybody else saw it in the reveal, he'd probably be like, "It's good, it's good, throw it out into the market." Like this guy just apparently has no clue. And they had uh, another employee that had written on a whiteboard that he was cancer. Like, just because he doesn't know what he's doing. And so, it seems like, I think at the end of the day, it's not necessarily that Amazon can't make a good game. I think it's more on Amazon has not made the right hire to be able to make a good game. Like They don't have the right culture, and they don't have the right people in place to operate a studio. Like, there's certain things, like, uh, they talk about the pay. Like, a lot of people were making a lot of money to go there like they said that they were getting paid like almost like twice the industry rate in the city which is Seattle which is a big gaming hub and a big tech hub and those are probably some pretty big paychecks people getting stock options and stuff like that but they weren't being offered like bonuses to close out ship games and produce good results so these people are more just being passive and hanging around and keeping their jobs because the stock is going through the roof the longer you stay there, more money you get to make, and it there's not really all that pressure from above to be like, hey, let's get this game out. Let's make money off of this game. And also, you know, everybody in every studio probably has some kind of pressure over them of this needs to be a franchise. We need to make this one so that we can make the sequel really successful, and then the third one will push us into, you know, billion dollar franchise territory and we'll get there so you know having that mentality is a lot of pressure to put on these studios that have been kind of put together and aren't really being led appropriately and it leads to games that don't really live up 
to those type of standards. But we were talking earlier, you know, Amazon has so much money. They can really afford to fail three or four times if they do get that, you know, billion dollar fifth win. Like they'll make it back eventually. And it's really just a matter of time until they do probably crack it and come up with something. They talk in the article about uh, Amazon's uh, video department, you know, and at first they tried doing stuff and it didn't really work out. And then they got a big hit with transparent and then, you know, they got a, another hit with something else. And now, you know, people are signing up for Amazon just to watch the boys. Like it sells the subscription. So it's like getting the right person, getting the right content, like maybe like, I, I think I've said this before on the podcast. Like I don't see Amazon needing necessarily to be an in-house game creator. Uh, I think that they could do phenomenally just kind of doing, you know, what Xbox has done recently and picking up some big studios, like make a good acquisition for something like, could you imagine if Amazon like bought all of Konami's IPs and all of a sudden Amazon could produce the next Metal Gear and make like a Metal Gear TV show or film to go with it. Like if they picked up the right studios with the right IPs, they could use those IPs to do a lot more with their huge brand and their huge services. And also they would get people that are more experienced with things like they talk in the article about how they were so determined to have their own engine so that they wouldn't have to pay for, you know, licensing somebody else's engine. They wanted Twitch to start a game store so they wouldn't have to pay the 30% to Steam. You know, they're trying to figure out where they can save money by doing it all themselves when if they really want to throw their money around, just get something that works and cash in. So while all of that does sound like the right approach, and it is the right approach to an extent, it also starts from the top. So a lot of what this article does cover is that Ferzini has failed Amazon in a lot of these ventures. They've hired people from like Take-Two Interactive. They've hired like great people have done like the artwork and direction for like Portal 2 and all these uh, and like the Madden guru I forget his name offhand yeah. they've pulled in a lot of big name people and they've had a lot of promotion sites thing they had Will Smith uh, The Rock Dwayne Johnson was part of some promotions I think it was that they Kevin had. Smith not Ke Will no, Smith no Will Smith was on there too I believe oh was he okay. yeah I want to say Will Smith was on there and then of course Kevin Smith was one as well and you had The Rocks they had like all these celebrities trying to promote these various products and it's just failed consistently. And it all links back to Ferzini in this instance, in that the guy just doesn't know what he's doing. And so I do think that if you hire somebody that does know what they're doing into that position and replace Ferzini, assuming I, I don't recall if they said Ferzini was gone. Um, but if you brought in somebody from the start that knew what they were doing and was like a leader in that space, Amazon would probably be well ahead of where it is right now. And wouldn't have, I think they're saying a billion dollars a year is what they're looking to spend on this in their game development. And it's just not working out. So, yeah, I think it does start from the top. I think Amazon, I agree, they are going to crack it. And it's going to be successful. Luna apparently is looking to be pretty successful. It's like that's, a Stadia and that's not, equivalent service. Yeah, and that's not led by Ferzini. They said that's developed by or worked on by a guy that uh, developed the Echo and I think the Fire stick I want to could say. be so 
or no, it was, yeah, to Echo and something else that he had created. So there's a lot of success coming from this other person within Amazon to create this. And I think at the end of the day, it does amount to leadership. And I do agree. I think Amazon's going to be a crazy force to be reckoned with, especially if Luna takes off, if they start buying studios, if they really crack this, they're going to be a major player for years to come, mm-hmm. which is going to kind of suck in a sense. And I really hope they don't go buying studios and whatnot, but it's kind of gotten to a point now in the video game industry and like, you know, just what I play on a day-to-day basis, I probably buy more indies and stuff nowadays anyways, because, you know, why would I want to go to Amazon and just buy games on there? It just, I don't know, it just seems kind of odd. Yeah. Like, especially on a digital front. I'm not a fan of, you know, digital purchases to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, any closing uh, statement here before we move on? Read it. It's a good article. Yeah, Lots of insight. Definitely is. A uh, lot of good stuff. The whole world that I honestly didn't even think about. Mm-hmm. All right, our inflation deflation of the week is the Mutant League Football Dynasty Edition. Uh, So this one was developed by Digital Dreams Entertainment, published by Digital Dreams Entertainment, and designed by Michael Medheim, and it was released in January of 2018. The cool thing about this game, dude, is it had updated characters, in a sense. So for those that have played Madden, and we had that kind of explanation uh, last week with Blitz in a sense, right? It felt like Madden in a way, very different. You did have the various mechanics and such that made it very different from Madden, but it felt very similar. This game is like a parody on Madden. And when I say parody, it follows a very similar process of Madden. Your play calling, your kicks, your running, all of that is the same, right? But the team names are like, the uh what was it the new grobbleheim zombies which was like basically the equivalent of the new orleans saints i played as like the carcass city creeps uh you played as i think metal mayhem which was something totally different uh they there was have, the mile high chronic yeah the mile high chronic was one i think the scarolina panthers or panzers panzers yeah so there's like they basically try to take existing nfl properties and turn it into parody like demon and gore and everything else like type of helmets and it's pretty cool and then the players are up to date so i was playing uh today when i played the creeps and then you were playing metal mayhem i was uh, patrick Patrick, my homie patrick or no not patrick hatrick my homie hatrick my homie hatrick my homie and i had um who was it uh flamey tompkins or something and then you were playing as denver and you had drew shock instead of Drew Locke. Yeah. So, like, it's it was pretty cool. And to see that it was all, like, existing current players and their names were tagged onto, like... It was obviously key players. They're not hammering on yeah. like, every single player, but your quarterback, your running back, likely, like, a defensive player. Like, they all had, like, existing NFL names that were kind of morphed into this, like, parody of the NFL in this, like, gory setting of, like, hell for a lot of these, yeah. or, so, like, mutants. It was cool. Just as, like, a general over, so it's football, but you're, like, demons and monsters and skeletons and xenomorphs all fighting against each other on a open field of football combat. There's, like, razor blades running across the, or saw blades running across the field. It's spikes and bombs and bear traps and pits of lava, and you're trying to play football amidst all the chaos while beating the crap out of each other and bribing the ref and blowing people up yeah there's a lot going on in this game and i loved a lot of it and it brought back so many memories because like we said earlier this is a remake of an older game for the genesis i never played that 
But there was a two-season, 40-episode cartoon of this that ran from 1992 to 1994 that I distinctly remember as a child and never really knowing what it was. And this has brought it all back to me. So that's a weird, cool thing. And um, yeah, you mentioned earlier this was a remake. Uh, the guy who made the original tried to get it kickstarted a couple times. It didn't release with like all its features, but I think this is awesome. This is definitely my favorite game that we've played so far. I did pretty good this week, everybody. I beat John in the first game. Uh, it was going to be 21-0, but he cheated and rewound time and made it 13-0. And then in the second game, he beat me 7-0. Yeah, and I probably could have had and more. And I had but possession I, of the ball the whole damn game. Yeah, we had, like, the first match we played was, like, fast mode on time, and then you were playing a team that was just absolutely demolishing mine. If you play the game, you got to turn the time to normal, and I would probably put more game time on the clock because it just it feels like it goes so fast. Yeah, it did. I would say five minutes is pretty adequate for that to get, like, a good full game uh, per quarter. Uh, but yeah, dude, I enjoyed it, and I did like the whole like killing aspect of the game, where you could like run into players and yeah. throw them into saw blades and stuff. And oh, the commentary! Oh, the commentary was phenomenal. They were talking about like all kinds rape. of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it was there insane. Was all kinds of stuff going on. He was talking about how his dad used to make him eat glue, so he would shut up. And they're like, "Yeah, you should eat some more glue." <laughs> like it was just fantastic. I I love the commentary. It reminded the mini game. The mini game of like shooting zombies, which I performed best on that one. You um, did. That one was pretty cool. So you kill zombies and you run around with a gun during halftime. Mm -hmm. You play a mini game. That was pretty cool. That was a nice little break in between, and I I enjoyed that component. Um, what was the other part that I really liked? Uh, oh, the hot potato. That was so yeah. One you of, just like blew my guy up. Yeah. So you have dirty tricks that you can do. As he was saying, like the cheating. So you can bribe a ref. You can do sticky ball, which. When Ryan was kicking a field goal, I went ahead and used sticky ball and it went up and went back down. He's like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. There was that. Um, but no, the hot potato, I think, was the funniest one because you weren't suspecting that one. So he picks his play and he's trying to run into the end zone with his QB. and uh, Or no, he's just trying to do a quarterback sneak. And you succeeded on the quarterback sneak, but your quarterback blew up. Yeah. Which was amazing to just see this ball of fire and Ryan's like, did my quarterback just die? I wanted to see what happened. Like, Unlike in the other game where it's like, your guy just kept getting injured. It's like you had like a roster and there was an option to like field different people and reserve people and stuff like that. Well, like you had, had like a, a character count, like, cause after like all the deaths, it would show you'd be like 54 out of 56 players. Cause two of them died. Yeah. I think a longer game, we'd really see like the aspect of that yeah. like, kind of coming in. Like if we put like eight minute quarters or something, we'd probably really be just grind it out. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. But uh, it had we had auto um uh, what is replacement, it? Auto replacement. Yeah. so yeah it was just kind of that number trickling down but i the one thing i would have loved to see with this game is like you had mentioned in blitz the league where it shows the damage meter and like a little bit deeper in on the gore mode that would have been pretty cool for a game like this because it's all comic-y right so yeah but that's got like that's got like a mortal combat grit to it this has more of like you were saying like a celebrity death match mm -hmm. kind of like like, I don't think they're really going for, like, what do bones look like when they break? Yeah, but I mean, like, more comical stuff in that, like, just gorier. I think if, if it was bloodier, that would have been pretty cool. That's yeah, they kind of could insane, have, given they how could bloody have it was. toned it up. Had this game made its stretch goals, it probably could have been a lot cooler, I feel. Yeah, but I still liked it, for sure. And uh, you're right, it, it is like a celebrity <laughs> deathmatch football game. Because in Celebrity Deathmatch, when we played it on the PS2, so catch that episode... Um, 
some of the things that we had commented on was the commentary and how funny that was yeah. and you know how that really just kind of ties things in and has that nostalgia type feel this very much was it felt like it was inspired by celebrity this Deathmatch. was a game from the mid 2000s early 90s or uh yeah, not- early 2000s mid late 90s like it feels like that kind of era you talking about celebrity deathmatch well, no, this game, like, it feels like a game, like, oh, I gotcha. that would have been out back then. Like, I, I feel all that same kind of vibe. Like, it picks up all that kind of nostalgia that was around back then. So, if you're, like, if you're like me and John, like, 30, play this game, and you'll just be like, oh, man, I, I, I love this. Is it hitting all the buttons that I like in games? It, it was fun. It definitely was. Uh, so, uh, reception, interestingly enough, was a 6.5 There wasn't 10. very much on this. It I just, gotcha. there was three scores and they averaged about a six and a half. Okay, I gotcha. So, yeah, six and a half. I would say, honestly, I disagree with that. I think it'd be more along a seven and a half. Um, and the reason I give it that score is primarily because I do play football games. And so when I look at a game like this, it's how does it translate into my ability to play it based on playing other games like Madden and I guess Tecmo Bowl and uh nfl blitz and all that like how does this kind of work as both an arcade game but also as a football game and like a traditional football game and i would say a 7.5 like it it pulls a lot of good pieces from everything to kind of morph into this like interesting version of gory arcade madden basically and yeah so that that'd be around my rating would be about 7.5 Brass Taxo, Ryan, why don't you give the people the numbers? Okay, so uh, we played the PlayStation 4 version. Complete in box comes to eleven fifty nine. That peaked at eighteen ninety five back in December 2018. Which is when it came out. Yeah. Uh, and the loose is nine ninety nine. peaked at eighteen ninety one, December 2018, back when it came out. Uh, and that's they're both holding steady. Uh, the most expensive version you can get is the Switch version for eighteen fifty three. And the cheapest is six ninety nine, and that's the Xbox version. Of course, the Xbox version, and of course, I the would, Switch is the most expensive. I would buy this game. Yeah, I would. Well, I mean, I did. <laughs> yeah, I would buy this game. This is a buy game. Yeah, I, I think you this know, is fun. Yeah, and here's the thing: it's they're updating the players, but at some point, if they don't update the players, who cares? And they just have random. Who cares? Yeah, you're right. Like, who cares? Because this game, it doesn't is, matter. Yeah, it's an art. It, you're not limited. It's not like, it's not like Blitz in the sense like NFL Blitz 2000, where you're playing of Dan Marino and uh, you know John Elway or anybody else. Actually, John Elway might have been retired by then. But you're not playing with like older NFL players and just wondering like, okay, like I'm definitely playing an older game, right? This could be a game that was released in 2000, 2005, 2008. And you'd be okay playing it. You'd say, okay, cool. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm playing it 10, 12 years down the road because there's no players that you're looking at and there's no recognition of this is an old game outside of the fact that it might be lower quality in graphics, you know, or anything along those lines. And the graphics are fine. Oh, yeah. In this game, they're fine. The music was good. The graphics were good. The commentary was good. The gameplay was pretty smooth. There are some things I'd complain about, like, I don't know how you got several interceptions on me. I think I'm it was just, just that good. I guess. Yeah. The, I'm a better I, mute than you are. I think the computer got it for you. But here's the thing. At 1159 I spent about, I think it was 12 bucks total after tax for my copy. I think I got it. You No, I got it new, but it was like $9.99 used. It was on sale. So, yeah, if you spent 12 bucks on this, 
I think it's a good deal if you spend, yeah. if you spent fifteen on the if Switch. you spent twenty bucks on a brand new sealed Switch copy, I think you're fine. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a you know it's not like Madden. It's not a game that is going to over time go down to like a dollar or two. I mean, it might, but it's not a game like Madden where the newest one comes out and look, the next one's irrelevant. Look for this game next time GameStop has a buy two get one. Yeah, get this. Yeah, for sure. Add this to your collection. I think it's good. Ryan thinks it's good. We had a lot of fun. Ryan beat me in a football game finally, which was shocking. But I would so say... So we really recommend this. Does that make it deflated? Or does that make it just right? Well, I mean, here's the thing. If you're saying buy it for 20 bucks on Switch, if you got a Switch, I'd say buy it for like if you found it. It's obviously at its price point, right? But if down the road, if you found this game for 15 bucks because you can no longer find new copies on the shelf, it would not be a big deal. Like, I, I think it's worth that. I think, honestly, this game is worth 15 bucks. Like, I would buy this new for $15 if it was available. I All wouldn't right. care. Like, it's $10 right now, of course, but if in six months it's up to 15 and that's what it's typically priced at, I still think you're okay. Still worth. I think it's still worth it. So I would say deflated. And yeah. this is one you're going to like to play. For sure. And if you got some friends that enjoy football or or you just don't know how to play football very well, it makes it very easy. There's enough cheat type stuff in there with the hot potato and sticky ball and killing the refs and all this other stuff. Like enough gimmicks tied into it to make it enjoyable. And it's got enough... so much character in yeah, that way. I agree. So I really liked it. Uh, well, deflated it is. So we're not sure about next week's episode, what we're going to be recording, whether we record a few days in advance before you leave town or do what you need to do. So I've got Mutant League football for the Genesis here. We, we also talked about Super Techno Bowl. Yeah, because technically Super Bowl's coming Super up. Super Bowl, but our episode will be coming out after the Super Bowl. So it's one of those like, yeah, what do we do? We could technically play it and just like, you know have our episode where we predicted it and we'll just kind of make it up front known that that's what it was. Uh, the other option of course is to just play mutant league football and do a comparison or both. Both is also a good option. So we'll figure that out. We will let you all know. Uh, but as always catch our podcast on those awesome podcast applications out there, but I noted before find us on social media at game deflators and at the game deflators and we'll look forward to you listening next week. This has been episode 117 of the Game of Flitters podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.